Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Shoes. Recorded live. Dear lovely souls, you're tuned in once again to the four-time national award-winning P.O.E.T. Radio. This is Voices Behind the Pens. My name is Matt Fish, and I'm joined here tonight by two extraordinary co-hosts. I got Miss Purple in the building, and I've got Turquoise in the building as well. But before we get to the show, you know we got to check in with the family and see how everybody's doing. Miss Purple, how are you this evening? Hello? Yes, ma'am. I am I I am actually doing okay tonight. How's my family doing? Uh, I've been celebrating my birthday all weekend, y'all, and I'm still celebrating. I'm not gonna stop celebrating to June 20th when Gemini's is over. How about that? <laughs> I'm so down with that. Congratulations. We're not gonna ask how old you are, but we know that you're an extra year more elegant. Uh, no, I'm proud to tell my age. I'm 48 years old. <laughs> yes, and I must say, I have been partying all weekend. Champion effort, right there. Yeah, so I am. Uh, other than that, I'm doing just wonderful. How's you guys' holiday? Uh, we're doing fantastically. I'm kind of recovering from, you know, getting back from Jamaica and the royal wedding. But I'm gonna swing this over to Mr. Turquoise. Mr. Turquoise, how are you this evening? Hi, how are you? You're doing pretty well. Can you tell us how your week's been? I had it up and down. You know, I, I work as an assistant teacher, so it's been a good week um, overall, but it turns out great. I'm having little problems hearing you, girlie. Can you, uh, um, it sounds like you may have put us on speaker. Uh- Okay, you caught me. I did put you on speaker. Um, my, yeah, my that'll week, create that double I, echo for us. Towards the end, I had um, I had the best moments. Um, my week turned out better coming coming towards Friday. So, yes, I had an okay week. Well, we're hoping to make it better here. Um, dear lovely souls, it has been absolutely a crazy couple of days. Like I said, I've been in Jamaica celebrating the royal wedding. We got back. Uh, Technically today at about 2.30 a.m. and um, been rolling ever since. Got immediately right back to work once I got in the States. And, um, yeah, just always working. It's a blessing to be back on the radio show. And, you know, it's, this is actually my second time on radio today. I did an interview earlier with uh, RWWU, a radio station here in Topeka. Um, and that was really cool. So, uh, dear lovely souls, I see you on the line. I see you with your hand up, South Car- excuse me, South California. And I also see you in the building, Arizona, and we will be coming to you very shortly. But before we do, I got to hear some pieces from these extraordinary ladies that I got in the building tonight. Uh, Miss Purple and then Turquoise, um, we are ready to hear you fit in that order. So I'm going to swing this over to y'all. Without further ado, Miss Purple, I'm going to hand this microphone over to you. She has makeup kicked on her face trying to find a place in this world. This little girl has been lied to all her life. She was told that you have to plant your feet on the concrete and beat the streets. And your money, 
lies in between your thighs and she's 14. And it's a pity that she already has sagging titties. And instead of someone getting in her head to tell her that she don't have to use head to get ahead if she would realize that she was already ahead of the game. Sitting here listening to whatchamacallin' and them, you are a gem, a diamond in the rough. Little girl, you have been through enough. Your family made it rough for you. You already got grown-up problems, and instead of your parents solving them, they put you out. You don't know what being an adult is about. So you walk the boulevard real hard, knee-scarred, because your small adolescent frame has been on your knees to please faces with no names who all want the same thing each night. Her emotions are frightened. Who will protect her? The police will put her so deep in the system and not extend, put her so deep in the system. The pimps will kill her. She don't piss them off. So her attitude, to grown, too grown to have someone boss her around. And, Lord, all I can do is say a silent prayer that you will follow her everywhere and tear down that wall that she has built brick by brick her soul has excuses for why she's letting men use her. Her immatureness makes excuses for why he, her parents abused her. She once had dreams that kept keep getting discouraged by others. Mother told her your thoughts should have been born, shouldn't have been born. Father told her you were sperm I could have kept. Be hearing these type of comments from her parents every day. What could she say? She did what she knew best, pack her little clothes and go turn tricks with the rest of the whole. This is all she knows. It's her family history is how the story goes. She has a silent cry. She sheds daily. Maybe somebody needs to intervene now. How can we pass a young sister in this story on the street and not extend your hand to meet her, not offer her something to eat? The society is greeted every day with girls that sell their bodies either by that useless pimp or by that guy that uses you for sex and as his convenience or for the rent that you got to get paid, or this is all a form of prostitution. They say it's the oldest profession. So I'm guessing sex has been selling for a long time, and a lesson still hasn't been learned. From the videos to the little clothes and the video evictions, no one's listening. Do we need to reach the youth and bluntly tell them the truth about life? Because in this case, mama put on makeup on her face, got daddy mesmerized with that small waist, and in the end, her daughter is getting a taste of life that she wasn't ready for. Doors keep getting closed that won't open anymore. And what's a shame is, someone discouraged her dreams and never intervened in her life. Now I know society wish they would have hugged her instead of passing her by. And that's that piece. Black sheep in the middle of a meadow with dark wool and no glow. Yet, they are as white as snow. Yes, gleaming, but no shining soul. My wool weighs me down as I hear them laugh their sheepish sound. I walk around with a diminished frown. They labor hard to tear me down. I trudge through mud every day to avoid the troubles that I face. They walk through lush and grin with grace. Proud of such iniquity and disgrace. I stand alone in the middle of a field, trying to disbelieve what I actually feel. This disease called loneliness, destroying my health to kill. I find a reflection of water reminding me of what they see. I take a drink. I sip some troubles away, blinking at my black wool, my bleak face. 
this water could magically wash my differences away, there would be less troubles that I face. The herd of white sheep come nearer to me. They overcrowd the puddle where I found the drink. Pushed and squished, I cannot find me, me, just me, a black sheep, and a horrendous herd of white sheep. Ladies and gentlemen, dear lovely souls, that was our host, Speed Round. You heard from Miss Purple and Tequase, and I want to bring on another host of ours, came in just Ghost late to the building, but we are grateful to have them in the building. Black Mist is in the building, y'all. And if you want to tell us just a little bit about yourself, I'm new to you, and I'm sure some of the viewers and listeners are as well. Hello, all. My name is Patrick Giles, uh, also known as Black Mist, the poet, M-Y-S-T. I'm originally from Peoria, Illinois. I am residing currently in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, what kind of poetry do you do? And um, tell us all where to find you. And I like to say on this show that we encourage good stocking here. That's when you follow everything that people do. You follow them. You buy the books. You buy the CDs. We encourage stocking here in a good way. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, is my uh, my pen name Black Mist the Poet? Uh, currently, uh, I, I I'm in the practice of becoming a spoken word artist, spoken word artist, excuse me. Uh, however, I'm still in the, still, still trying to get that going right now. You know, for me, just most importantly, I'm just writing and, you know, getting my feelings out uh, from the pen to the paper, uh, from my mind to the paper, so to speak. Absolutely, man. And I'm excited to hear what you got, man. I'm going to absolutely bring you on to do a piece in just a little bit. I want to make sure we do with these callers first though. So, uh, yeah. To update everyone, we're going to do the order as Miss Purple, Turquoise, Black Mist, and then myself. To my two new hosts, I need you to hand off to the person behind you. So when you're done commenting, like um, if Miss Purple gets done commenting, she'll say Turquoise. And then you, obviously you'll go down the list for my new host. It's always awesome to get new people on here. And now, dear lovely souls, we're going to get to go to my favorite part of the show, my absolute favorite part of the show. It's when we get to go to the callers. So South California, you are live on the line. If you want to tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Yeah, this is uh, Anthony Arnold. I'm calling from uh, the Menifee area in Southern California. Thank you for calling in, brother. Um, our CEO and founder, President Black Ice, uh, told me you were going to call in. So first of all, thank you for your service and sacrifice, um, especially on today. It's very important that we recognize this. And if you want to tell the lovely souls at home um, a little bit about yourself, uh, what got you into poetry, and a little bit about your experience in the service. Um, well, um, I wrote my first poem in the third grade, and I've been kind of dibbling and dabbling ever since. Um, I spent uh, 23 years in the Air Force, and uh, now I'm retired and working for the VA. Uh, I am an author of four books of poetry, and I'm working to finish now a fourth book, which will be a book of uh, of uh, short stories. But uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under uh, Anthony Arnold. 
I lost you just a little bit at the end of that. Um, if you can repeat that, and then um, if you want to tell us just a little bit about your time in the service and um, you know your message to veterans out there or people that are considering getting into it. Um, I spent 23 years in the Air Force. Um, I've been to pretty much everything we did, starting with um, uh, the first Gulf War and everything else after that. Um, for my fellow veterans, uh, today is a day we honor those that didn't make it back, uh, to let them know that we have not forgotten them. Uh, for anybody that's considering going into the, uh, military, it's a different way of life, um, especially these days. So um, think well before you take that step because it's not like anything you've ever done. Absolutely, brother. And we not only appreciate your service, but we appreciate those who made that ultimate sacrifice. Um, You know, poets, we may not always agree with what our governments are doing and, you know, the policies that are being enacted by there, but we have to absolutely appreciate our troops because they are the ones that are actually over there, you know, defending our freedom, putting their lives on the line so that we can have conversations like this. So from the dearest part of our hearts, we appreciate you. And now I want to lend you this microphone. If you have a piece you would love to do, I would absolutely love to hear it here on Voices Behind the Pens. Okay, um, I I do have a piece for you guys. It was a piece that I wrote today uh, for uh, Veterans Day, a piece called uh, The Unknown Soldier. The microphone is yours, my good sir. On a hill at Arlington, 21 steps echo. A solitary soldier guards that most precious. The unknown soldier. He whose body has been returned, his name known only to God, his final resting place, a shrine and testament to his sacrifice. From the battle battlefields of World War One to the rice paddies of Vietnam, much was expected and much was given. On the hill at Arlington, 21 steps echo. A solitary soldier guards that most precious, the unknown soldier. That's that piece. That piece is very touching and very heartfelt. Uh, Happy Memorial Day to you, my brother. Um, thank you for all the services and all the work that you put in for this country for us. Uh, thank you so much. Today is Veterans Day, and my brother is actually here from Vegas. He's in the Marines, and um, I've been hanging out with him all day, learning stuff that I didn't even know about the service or about Memorial Day and things that I just did not know. And it really touches my heart to see so many homeless veterans out here. There's no way in this world that it should be a homeless veteran out here in the streets. And it really bugs me every day. So my brother he uh has a mission that he started 
in Vegas and they go, you know, feed the homeless and, and things of such like that. Uh, but I just want to say yeah, that was a strong, powerful piece. Uh, keep calling in. Keep calling in to uh, share your pieces with us. And God bless you. Thank you very much. Mr. Kwase. Did she hear me? Kwase? Oh, no. I, don't, I hope she didn't drop off, but... Um, Takwasa, if you're back on, just press star eight for me when you come back on. I'll swing this over to Black Mist. Hello? Oh, we do have Takwasa on. Uh, go ahead and comment on that piece, Mr. Kwasa, if you heard it. I'm sorry about that. Um, yes, that, that definitely was a touching piece. It did um, put me in a, a state of mind to um, appreciate um the service that has been done for our country and um, those who were in the military and served our country. Um, and the, the part where you mentioned that God only knows the soldier's name who passed away, that, that was very touching as well. Um, it, it made me emphasize with, with what's going on with our country and what's done for our country and also um, it just puts a big reality um, in my heart and um, makes me want to educate myself more on Memorial Day. Um, Black Smith. Black Mist, if you want to go ahead and comment. Sorry about that. Yeah, I am. I definitely appreciate your service as well, and I appreciate all the veteran services, uh, you know, that served here as well. Uh, my uncle, you know, he he served in Nam and and lost a leg. He had a uh, the opportunity to, uh, you know, before I left from him, uh, to tell me several stories, you know, especially the the situation where he you know lost his leg there. You know, very sombering story, you know, that he mentioned to me. Um, as a matter of fact, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier that you mentioned in the piece is you know, definitely one of my, uh, uh, you know, one of the places I like to visit in my bucket list. You know, you know all that aside, though, you know, it's a very, uh, you know, it's a very beautiful piece. You know, it'll definitely, uh, you know, it'll provide some reality, you know, especially in the event that, you know, an individual like you mentioned earlier is looking to is thinking about getting into service as well. So, bravo. Good job. Thanks, sir. Yeah, my good sir. Um, like you were mentioning, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier is just, it's a really sombering thing to experience if you go there. Um, just the silence of it, except for the, you know, the marching soldiers. And to experience the changing of the guard, and you really understand the weight of this place and I mean that piece captured it really well like when you walk there you have to go past Arlington to get there to walk by it you see tens of thousands of white crosses and you know white stars and it's it's a very just weighty experience and I think the direction that you took in the you know, directness of the language in this piece really captures the emotion that you experience when you go to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And 
to see that, and I'm from Leavenworth, Kansas. Um, any military people will absolutely recognize that name. So I've seen oh, yeah. a good number of people that I went to high school with uh, join the service and a lot of them not come back. So it's one of those things that, you know, when you sit there and think about it, and that piece really does make you think about it. So I appreciate you sharing that piece. And I'm sure people that, you know, are either in the military or have had military experience or have lived around a fort will absolutely understand just the seriousness of that piece and really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man, absolutely. We appreciate you coming on and don't make this your last time. I want you to keep that pen moving and we would love to hear from you again next week. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, dear lovely souls, uh, that was Anthony calling in, sharing his experiences, sharing a really amazing piece. Honestly, I really want that sent to me. Um, and that's what this day is about. That's what our special broadcast here tonight is. For those of you who've been rocking with the show for a long time, you know we normally don't do uh, holiday broadcasts, but we felt it was important to come on tonight, especially in the um, political climate that we live in, and really show our expression. And we're having a lot of, you know, civil unrest and do civil unrest right now for the way that our country is shaping up. But we need to remember who's letting us have these conversations because there's other countries that the conversations that we're having and the change that we're trying to make simply can't take place. And people that do go into the service are the ones that are defending our rights to have these conversations, to have shows like this. And it's something that we all need to be grateful for, especially on Memorial Day. But I'm going to keep this moving right along, y'all. I'm going to go to this next caller. Caller, you are live on the line with POET Radio on Voices Behind the Pens. If you want to tell us who you are and where you're calling from. This is Lala DeVille calling from Long Beach, California. How y'all doing? We is doing well to have you back in the building. Thank you for calling back in. First of all, y'all, if y'all don't know who Lala DeVille is, follow her on social media because her social media is a riot. And follow her because her pin game is strong. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. How's your Memorial Day treating you? Uh, it's treating me pretty good. Um, I have to go back to work tomorrow, so I'm not looking forward to that. But for the most part, I'm getting some a little uh, rest and relaxation for the day. Absolutely. That's what the men and women in uniform are absolutely defending our right to do, especially on a day like today. Relax, take remembrance. And uh, do you have a piece for us this evening? Because if you don't, I'm buying a ticket to California right now, and we're going to fight. You know I stay <laughs> ready so I don't have to get ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Rule number five, y'all, you got to be ready. So I'm going to swing this mic over to the extraordinary Miss Lala DeVille. Okay, this piece uh, that I'm getting ready to do is called Love and Acceptance. I am not alone. I am loved. And draped in greatness, I am someone perfectly imperfected, flawed, pur purposely flawed as I was meant to be. I am not always strong like superheroes, so it's okay for me to fall apart. I may be bent, but never broken. And even though I sometimes feel defeated, love for self has been depleted, I will get through dark shadowed valleys and find my way back to where I am needed. I need me to love me and cast out the intricate thoughts that have been lying to me in my dreams. I will see myself as whole while glancing in smoke mirrors 
turn deaf ear to my own self-doubt because it's time that I walk away and stop mentally swimming in my own muck of confusion for I am God's favorite. I'm going to enlighten myself by telling myself I am blessed and highly favored. And no matter how I feel or how I live, I will remind myself that my God is a loving God so no mistakes reside in me. I was manufactured in his image, and I will not let no one of flesh tell me otherwise. I shall love who I love, be who I choose to be, open the door of the cage and set all of my pain free. No more enslavement to, to the slander of my existence. Instead, I will slay disparity, cut it down to the marrow, take off the mask of false impersonation because I am the God that lives within me. So I have no business giving up on me. So if I believe in God, that automatically means I shall believe in me. That's that piece. And a beautiful and strong and powerful piece it is. Hey, Miss Lala. How you doing? I am wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I, You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I I, I want to see if we can make it happen one day, so you could just give us a comfort. I just want to oh. just sit back and just listen to all your pieces, like all day long. Like, yeah, I'm, that's what I said. That's what I want to happen. So uh, <laughs> I, I just love your pieces, sister. You are so amazing. You really, really are. You know, I I just I just I I, I oh my god, that piece that you just said. I need, that was like confirmation for me because when I when we get off the line at nine, I have to call one of my friends back because I just got off the phone with her. I am trying mm-hmm. to tell my friend to show her her self worth and to right. show her that she loving on men more than she loving herself. And if right. you was never taught love or you don't have any self love, how in the hell? Could you love anybody right? What she's doing is lusting, and she's confusing it with love. And I'm trying right. to talk to her and trying to let her know because everybody's saying that she needs to be mental hospital this and mental hospital that. She don't need that. She needs somebody right. to strongly talk to her and let her know her self-worth. And that piece that you just did, God, I wish it was a way she can call in and just listen. That was a beautiful piece. Like I said, keep, keep, keep. Keep, keep spreading your words, sister, because you are healing so many. You are healing so many of us. So God Thank bless you. you. I love you, and keep calling. I will do. Thank you, Tequase. That was a lovely poem. I, I loved it so much. Um, it's, you know, it's something that so many people need to hear about positivity and self-love on a daily basis because, you know, it's something that we all need to meditate on, remind ourselves and convince ourselves that, you know, we do have power, you know. As, mm-hmm. as my pastor always say, you know, you, you are who God says you are. And I think that so many people can just go back to your poem and just be inspired by that, no matter what their religion or their spirituality. I feel like that is uh, a, a universal piece that so many people can just look at and say, 
you know, when they're having a dark day and say, hey, you know, and, and look in a mirror and repeat those words that you wrote because that was, that was extremely powerful. I, I really loved your poem. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate Black- it. You're welcome. Black Nick. Love and acceptance is, this is a wonderful poem and this, this just, you know, I, I, I'm kind of speechless on what to say here. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, a coworker of mine the other day, and mm-hmm. he had mentioned to me that he didn't feel self-worth you know, wow. from the job that he was doing. And I told him, you know, I could talk to you every day, all day, your mother, your father, your grandfather, your auntie, your whole family could talk to you to the blue in the face about how wonderful a person you are, how blessed and highly favored you are, as you, as you mentioned in your, uh, in, your, in your piece there. But the only person that has the power to change that is you. That's and, right. You know, and, and, and I felt this piece, and, you know, I appreciate you uh, sharing this with us, uh, Sister. I, it, it, was, it was highly appreciated. And, you know, I hope you call back in and so you can share one of you, uh, your lovely verses here going forward. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so Miss Lala DeVille, first of all, I don't know if you've seen, you know, a certain movie, but there is a great movie out where just the most pimpliest person gets a handful of baby powder and smacks people. That is literally the effect I feel every time you spit a piece. It's like, I'm going to hit you with this feeling. Like, like, oh, God. So powerful. So, 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 that's it's called amazing. And I love the that declaration oh, at the end of it. Like, it, just the affirmation you put at the end of that piece, it was just – it was just that 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 nail in the rest of this piece that just made it that extra bit of powerful, and this is why I find you so extraordinary. And when I see you in Chicago, because I know your trip to Chicago is not about to be your last one, or if I come oh, no. out to LA, whichever happens first, um, I have got to connect with you. We have got to do some work together. In fact, I need you to call me after we get done with this. I need to talk to you about getting out to Myrtle Beach because, yeah. Um, that was really awesome. I so appreciate you calling in and sharing this piece with us. And I'll let you get back to your Memorial Day weekend. Thank you so much, Miss Lala Deville. Okay, you're welcome. You all have a good one. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, dear lovely souls. That was Miss Lala Deville calling in and holding it down. And now I want to swing it over to our new co-host, Mister Black Mist. And I want to get a piece from him so he can introduce himself to not only myself, but all the new viewers on the line. Oh, thank you. Uh, as I mentioned, um, just trying to, uh, this is my first opportunity uh, to get myself out there. Um, you know, this is really my first time sharing any of these pieces out to, you know, uh, uh, a party and a, and, a, and a resource that I'm using here. Um, so, you know, anything that I share here, you know, I would honestly accept your honest uh, criticism, your feedback, uh, most importantly, uh, so that and I we'll, can... And we'll absolutely do that for you, my good sir. This is one of those safe spaces, and I've grown up a lot on this show, and we hope we can uh, do the same for you as far as artistry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one of the pieces that I have here is called My Ghetto, the Urban Jungle. The mic is yours, my good sir. A barren wasteland, seemingly far away from the mainland. Another world is what you step in. Watch the broken bottles and glass, needles and syringes from trips past. The lack of grass to the playground equipment that's not there or working. Or the basketball rims bent or taken down that needs reworking. Swing seats ripped in half, rusted old chains. Kids playing tag in the big field or round buildings. No trees exist here, only branches and bushes if you're lucky to play hide and seek. Watch the cars, says mom, as you see all the, older, all the older model cars enter and exit the parking lot with their music playing loudly. Cars getting fixed amidst cigs and brew, talking random shit. Drug dealers, gangbangers handling business, trying to make ends meet. Drama, fights, people getting beat up, shot up, stabbed up. Hard times, people caught in that continuous rut known as the struggle, trying to get out visiting the candy lady while I'm around. Walking back in, up the stairway, the smell of fermented tiffs, cans and alcohol bottles spilled down the long and dark hallways of the dog days of winter and summer. Drunken men in their drunken slumber laid out on the tempered concrete. Druggies, addicts on their daily plunder for their daily fix. Hookers collecting their, performing their duties. Pimps collecting their booty. Unlocking the door, looking behind your shoulders, making sure the fiends and thugs find you don't slip up. Laying in bed, thinking on the next day is ahead. At the same time, trying to phase out all the gunshots and escalated arguments that dominate the land. Waking up in the morning, finding out someone you know or is close to you is dead. So every day, please try to clear your head because the ghetto is enough for a person to go insane. Try to maintain, and until you get out, hope that you can go through it again. In peace. That was nice. I swear to God, if you just did not describe my neighborhood, if you walk outside the door right now, I promise you, everything you just said, you're going to see. The candy lady right around the corner. (laughs) Woo, I'm talking about everything you just said. The drug addict walking around like they spaced out. Baby, you're going to see it all. Everything you just said. You can say that piece and literally point and point and point and point. Seriously. But that was a nice piece. Uh, you took me through your story, and I followed you. Man, wonderful. You have beautiful, strong, powerful words, my brother. And welcome, welcome, and welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that. You are so very welcome. Quase. Wow. The, the vivid imagery there. Uh, <laughs> I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, that description um, of what I see every day of the ghetto. Um, if nobody knew about the ghetto, once they read that poem, they know now. <laughs> because that was... <laughs> That was pretty much it right there, how you described it. Um, you just put it all in one poem, and oh, goodness, the, the feeling behind it, really, my heart is like, you know, it's it's just like 
if if you live in a ghetto, that's the life that you live. I mean, there's a way out, but it's like the feeling, the feeling of being in the ghetto, you looking left and right, you're watching your back all the time, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that poem. You did a great job in describing the ghetto. <laughs> um, Black Miss. That was oh, thank you. Um, and, yeah, just, I like that piece. We're getting some somber pieces tonight. Like like I mentioned earlier, Leavenworth had, there's, th- there's three sides to Leavenworth. There's Fort Leavenworth the worst leaving part, and then there's the G. The G is where you're going to be in a view from a prison, but there's eight prisons in Leavenworth for a reason. So, I mean, coming from that kind of place and hearing this piece, first of all, it's not just a for-the-page piece. Like, I was listening to that, and I was just getting the imagery of, like, the old beatnik poet kind of style, you know, the cigarette in a lounge room doing their piece kind of thing. And so that's definitely a performance piece right there, man. That has the energy. You have the delivery and pacing to it. So don't ever sell yourself short. I've said this a hundred times, and I will tell everybody that needs to hear it. There's going to be millions of people who doubt you. Don't you ever be one of them. Because that piece was dope, my brother. Appreciate that. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to have one more guest come on with us in just a little bit. We're waiting for Brother E.N.D., the Endurer from up in Chicago, uh, to come on. But before he does that, I know, Black Mist, you just did a piece, but we're going to have you do another one in our closeout host speed round. And then the Endurer should come on, and he will probably be our closeout artist for our hour special broadcast here on Memorial Day. Um, so the order tonight for our closeout host speed round before we bring in the Endurer is going to be Miss Purple, Turquoise, Black Mist, and then myself, Matt Spezia. So without further ado, Miss Purple, I'm going to swing this microphone over to you. Don't want to lose you, but in a process, I don't want to lose me either. My heart is bleeding world blue and all the stories, even some of the lies I told you were true. And although together for years you act brand new, and if people only knew all the things that I put me through, accepting tolerance of you, I immediately dealt with your ignorance. So fine, so obligated. So do I stay so people can congratulate us, or do I stay so people can hate us? Your eyes lost attraction and other females' anatomy brought distractions, which eventually would be my subtraction, which meant your love for me was only a fraction. So do you sex me because you want to or you have to? Is it love or lust? Your flirtations, body language, how can I trust you? I took all of your shit. I would have moved a few problems around in my head so that yours can fit. So how can I love you? See, he wants me, but he loves her. He betrayed me, but he trusts her. He communicates with me through text, but he solicitates her with sex. He takes me out for dinner, but he eats her out for dinner. He treats me, but he treats her. He wipes me, but he plays house with her. He loves me, but he's in love with her. He beats me, but sways to the beat of her. He has a little one. He belittles me, but has a little one with her. He plays with my emotions, but asks her to find emotions, and he says, that we have nothing in common. But because they have matching ashtrays and lungs, they get along just fine. And he says that I don't show them no attention because I work too much. But just because they share the same couch in different colors, she shows them more attention. And he sucks on her, but he sucks all 
of the energy out of me. See, out of me. See, out of me. See, that is why that, that is why that I have to say that I'm sorry and I can accept my apology now because I couldn't accept it before because I wasn't ready yet because I kept going back to abuse over and over and over again and I kept saying that I was tired. I was so, so tired. But was I really tired? See, I could tell my body that I'm so, so sorry for putting her through sexual abuse as a child from my cousin and for putting her through physical abuse not one or two but three times in her life for letting her soul being disrespected, for letting my heart being raped raw without a condom, for letting him lay down with me and inject me with his bad spirits, for letting him take control of my life, for allowing him to give me the handbook on low self-esteem, no self-love. By endangering my life when I was homeless, sleeping downtown on the streets of abandoned buildings, waking up to the cold air. See, I'm apologizing right now, but she, she didn't deserve none of this. I chose to stay with ignorance. I kept going back to fake her love. I was too scared to run. So today, so today I, Janine Hall folks, want to apologize to that 5, 21, 23, and 31-year-old Janine Hall for all that she has been through. It took me all these years to get it right, to realize that I had to say absolutely not to violence. I got tired of being a victim, which meant I was very irritated and I can't tolerate an immature man. See, I'm not a victim. I'm victorious. I'm not hurting. I'm healing. I'm not perfect, but I plan to be. I'm passionate about my cause. I'm not fake. I'm faithful. No sob stories, just a survivor. I thank God that I don't look like what I've been through. But see, self, I got to ask you a question today. And that question is, will you accept your apology? And the answer is, yes, I will. And that's that piece. Lonely. A lot of the time, I feel lonely sometimes. Is it me or is it you? A pill sitting to be swallowed with an ice-cold glass of truth. I sit lonely. Even my tears dream as a teen. Dry days with just me, moisturized by fantasies. I dream of company. I sit there with my hands neatly folded for prayer or patience. I don't know which, quickly turned friends into enemies because of my own ill belief. I lay back and think about the things that could be. Is it you? It's most likely me. It's most likely the silly, absurd things that I think. The not actual things that I dream. Things aren't always what they seem. I brought this sickness upon myself. Loneliness attacks my health. It attacks my heart, eats up my mind. I should have left past things behind. It deteriorates the spirit, makes the soul with it. My guard should have been shot down. I should have just lived with it. Blackness. Blackness. My situation is as, a, as such as I'm trying to find my way out of tense frustrations with my current education and the reputation that clearly precedes me. All I require is a bit of consideration to the conversation I'm attempting to pose in this situation. Look, I have the information that I possess. All I want is to have the recognition. Now, do I want the compensation? Damn right I do. But that's not my only means of motivation. See, my, means, my main motivation is to spread knowledge to the next generation for the duration of my life, exposing the governments and corporations that continue to consistently cause separation to the very foundation that we attempt 
that we attempt to keep correct. Now, I'm not here to create any accusations. The facts are already there. Administrations and organizations have led masses astray with accurate communications, improper implementations, unjust discriminations against our fellow man. See, our destinations are the same, yet we must go through different paths to get there. The road must be long and arduous. People that will force you to make modifications to your message, naysayers that will try to make you deviate. I make a simple dedication to you, those that face accusations, cruel condemnations. My best recommendation is to not only continue to live your life without any resignations, but to continue to point out the hypocrisies in the, individual, in the individuals that will otherwise intimidate and cause trepidation in your life. Me? I wish you luck in your attempts to accumulate the information necessary to move forward with this process. In any event, never accept any limitations. Now, my, my, my life's mission is to not only concede to any limitations to what you either obtain or retain, whether it be a goal, objective, or directive. I can and will stand up against all nations in mass proliferations. I say this to you with no exaggerations, because the revelation will be live. We are powerful, permeating from every pore as a current currently. There is an electromagnetic field surrounding each and every one of us, and that field is detectable and affected by the variable of nerve firing. Did you know that the nervous system is extremely susceptible to changes in emotional stability? Well, this means that mental madness could cause catastrophic collapse and send energy into entropy that the entity caught in that reaction well... It would be a reduction of what it once was. As I said, though, we are powerful. We, as thinking things, will attempt to maintain a comfortable state of being so if the aforementioned cataclysm continues to happen, naturally you would try to avoid it. So then call me unnatural. Better yet, a tattoo gun. Yes, seen trying to leave a mark in ink. I'm pressing against the skin, and I've been noted to be constantly moving. See, I'm tapping my feet to any form of speech. I'm trying to find that rhythm for the moment of life. I'm pressing against the floor, and I've been said to come to stage with an unmistakable energy. It's an outpouring, pouring out of me, so drink it in. Pressing this persona into production of a piece, and I've been trying to make an impression. And since I'm writing this using ink, and I want to make this talent permanent, I might just have to admit that I am a tattoo gun, and my personal magnetism on stage is electrifying, magnifying, and you might find a man yelling just to get your attention. It's okay to be different, and I will shout till I lose my voice as long as you know that yours means something. See, my energy was long ago broken. Now I shoot sharp shards in sentence form, hoping when they impact, they do just that. Impact. Long establish the pen over the sword, so consider the spoken word a weapon that can fight back against polarizing forces. Focus and remember that we are powerful and we control our circuit. And you can sure cut out negativity, but then you fail your field. The electromagnetism requires the positives to work with the negatives to be complete. Embrace your flaws, your pains, and your tribulations and turn them into elation. See, we have the ability to change 
change our lane. So remember, we must be powerful to leave a lasting mark. We have to be. We have no other choice. We have to be. And that's that piece. Dear lovely souls, you have been tuned into the four-time national award-winning POET radio. You heard from Miss Purple, Turquoise, Black Mist, and myself, Matt Spezia. Now we're going to swing it over to the endurer in the building, Mr. E-N-D himself. How are you this Memorial Day, my good sir? Hey, hey, man. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How y'all feeling out there? Man, we is doing good. Blessed to have you in the building. And before we even get into this little bit of an interview, my good sir, I want to extend not only my gratitude, but POET's gratitude for your service and sacrifice to this country, especially on today. Thank you, brother. Gratitude, man. I appreciate that, man. I, um, you know, was out with my family yesterday and all the friends just getting together and I actually pulled all the kids into one room and just talked to them about you know, what this day means, um, you know, across the country so they don't just think it's just a regular day off. And some of them didn't know that I served after 9-11 on active duty. Um, So it was just a time to really get them to, you know, remember the freedoms, you know, that we have. We may not like all of our leaders. We may not like everything that, you know, America does or gets involved in. But at the end of the day, you know, she's still our country and we have to love her. Uh, in good times and bad times as well, and continue to hold the fence. Absolutely, my brother. And um, like I was saying a little bit earlier, I really wanted to, after ICE told me we're doing our holiday broadcast, which we normally don't do a holiday broadcast. Um, we normally let everybody go home and be with their families. But um, when we were doing it on Memorial Day, I'm like, all right, this is what's up. Like, I'm initially from Leavenworth, Kansas, and um, every military person knows that name. So seeing that we're going to do this, it's like I want as many veterans on here as possible. And the fact that we get to have you on here is absolutely amazing. And before I get a piece from you, my good sir, um, I want to give you as long as you want. Uh, we're doing this until 9 tonight. We're doing an hour-long uh, memorial broadcast. Cool. I want to give you as long as you want in this 10 minutes to – talk to any veterans, give them any kind of message, or to young people who are thinking about getting into the service. Um, I want to give you as long as you possibly want on that, my good sir. Uh, thanks, man. I, you know, I appreciate it. You know, I first want to say, and this is just personal philosophy, um, I believe all young men should serve uh, their country in some capacity, specifically the military uh, for me. I did 11 years in the reserves. I did 20 months on active duty. Uh, after 9-11, I was stationed out in Great Lakes, Illinois. Uh, some of my buddies had to go over to uh, Afghanistan. Some were able to stay down uh, in uh, in Bahrain over in the Middle East. So, um, But I think until you find something to live for, you're not going to have anything to die for. Um, I learned how to shave in the military. I mean, those guys were like father figures for some of us who didn't have dads at home. And so... Um, you know, the military just, just taught me a lot, taught me a lot about life. It taught me a lot about uh, camaraderie, you know, and before I share a piece tonight, you know, I remember um, my first night at boot camp, there was this white kid from some rural town in Michigan, and, you know, he was like, hey, Briscoe, where's your tail? And I was like, man, what? He was like, yeah, you know, where's your tail? All you black people have tails. And it was like, he was serious, Matt. He wasn't joking. He wasn't playing. He was serious. And so we, you know, immediately, like, you know, the brothers, you know, we raised up. And so literally about the first three days of boot camp, 
you had the Hispanics on one side, the Filipinos on one side, the whites on one side, and you had the brothers on the other side. And when our company commanders saw this, one black, one white, Man, they the man they they squashed all that instantly. They was like, you know, you you were in our military. This is not your military until you finish boot camp. But I think through that, what it taught me early on was that everybody who I encounter who's white, racism is ingrained and taught. And for this young man to actually believe it was his first time ever interacting with a black person in his life was when he got to boot camp. And it just showed me, like, wow, this is one of the places where either racism can grow or it can really be nipped in the bud right here at the boot camp phase of Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, National Guard, and Coast Guard. If we can hit it here, I think it would send off a chain reaction that at the end of the day that we're all people and that we're all human. But I believe that everyone should, all young men should stand and fight for their country. Not getting into the sexism side here. I love our women and what they brought to the table. The women who flew, who flew uh, World War II bombers who still haven't received their acknowledgement um, yet. So I'm not getting into not making it sexist. For me, all young men, this is something that they need to do as true pillars. It's just something I recommend for all of them. For those who think about coming into the military, if you're doing it just for school, then don't do it. Don't join. Don't come because we don't need that mentality. Uh, One of the biggest insults uh, I found was after 9-11, when people started getting called up, people refused to go. And the military gave them an easy exit out. And I was pissed, bro. And I still get pissed just talking about it, because our taxpayers, when you sign that contract, our taxpayers paid your money. Our taxpayers paid for you to go to your military training school, whether it was for three months or whether it was for two years. Our taxpayer dollars paid for that. So when you decided, oh, it's inconvenient time for me to be in, you decided you wanted to be a conscientious objector and get out, then you should pay back the American taxpayers every amount of money that they paid into training you. So I was definitely not going to pay with these folks who were like, no, I don't believe in this war, I don't believe in that. I didn't believe in going in Iraq. So when my turn was up, I got out because I'm like, I cannot stand under an administration who I believe is moving under false pretenses. So I stepped down under the Bush administration. But for those people who just refused to go to war, they lost mad respect and credibility from me because our, your, tax, your parents' tax dollars, Matt, paid for all of those people to be trained professionally. Military training can run $150,000 a year per sailor depending on their job. That's a lot of taxpayer dollars. So you're not just paying for their school, you're also paying for their training. You're also paying for the people who are training them. And so going into the military is something that's really serious, and I hold it true value. That's America with flaws and all. When my country called me, I answered. I didn't hesitate. I showed up at the base four hours after they called me with my full sea bag packed and ready to go wherever they were ready to send me because that's integrity and that's commitment. And that's what I believe in to the core. And as you know, when it comes to with you hitting law school, what you're working on now with your projects, like you don't just get to decide to bail out after you get a grant because it got tough. Matt, you still got to do what you've been called and assigned to do. You still got to be there for the community. When you finish law school, not if, when you finish law school, you're dedicating your life to civil service. So you don't just get to stop doing that because things get hard and inconvenient. You have to stay right where you are until the job is finished. 
I'm not going to relieve my post until properly relieved. That's my first general order. And I stood that, and I honor that commitment to this day, and I'm still passionate about it. For the veterans who are out there, all of you, I don't care what color you are, I don't care what country you come from, thank you for your work. Thank you for your service. And never forget that we are to stand against tyranny. I don't care if it's a presidential administration, if it's a congressional administration, if it's a Democrat or a Republican, anybody who is not holding up the laws of the United States Constitution and is inciting hate and rage in our country, we have to stand against it. And if that means losing a rank, losing a term, losing a commission, then we have to be ready to make that kind of sacrifice to stand. The forefathers may not have had black folks in their intent, but over the years we have been engrafted in some way, somehow, be it through the Emancipation Proclamation, be it through the changing of the hearts of men. But any government and any administration and any president that would rise up and seek to dethrone what this country stands for, we as a unit of veterans and military armed forces personnel must stand up and raise against the machine at no matter what cost. It is our civic duty to every United States citizen those who protest with us, and those who protest against us. It is our duty to uphold the Constitution. And if a president is racist and tyrannical and is inciting rage, that means there comes a time we have to stand against our orders and follow after the heart of America, that all men are created equal. Brother, before I get a piece from you, I just wanted you to know, I started this conversation sitting down, but I had to get up and pace around. I'm over here head nodding and fist pump. That was just extraordinary, and the passion that you can speak with and inspire with is just incredible. Thank you so much for delivering that message. And I got a little bit of time before we got to get out of here for our hour broadcast. Um, I want to give you that closeout piece, um, ladies and gentlemen, dear lovely souls, to close us out this evening, The Endurer. <sighs> Brother, I wish I had words right now. I am <laughs> I am strapped with emotion. <laughs> I am strapped with emotion. Um, man, what a night, what a night, what a night. <sighs> yes, brother. Um, it is okay if you don't have pieces. Um, let's get a shameless plug from you then, because that speech that you just gave was a piece in itself. Like, I'm going to have to go on, and I always download the podcast. You guys can download the podcast, talkshoot.com, POET Radio. <clears throat> Matt, uh, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make it quick. That. I'll, I'll make it quick. All right, brother. The, mi the microphone is yours, brother. The toils of war. My body came back whole, but my mind came back cold. 
like the steel in my hand, massaging triggers at unseen enemies moving through Viet Cong jungles, trip wires under my feet, ringing ears flat on my back, unable to move. America, this is not your war, but I am here, and I want to go back home to my family. At home, high school over, college bound, mom crying with the letter in hand, you've been drafted, dreams shattered, fear gripping my throat, wondering if I'll see her again. These trees move fast, impossible to change. These ghosts that dance with angels after blowing themselves up, but my fallen brothers dance lying in paths of blood, lining the Ho Chi Man Trail. No niggas, no crackers, no wetbacks, no spicks, no wasps. It took the death of a unit to find out the only color we had in common was red. With vengeance and anger and rage and pain, we swooped down like silent hornets on a village of women washing clothes and kids playing. They never knew what hit them, and we never knew what possessed us. Deafened by the screams of a foreign language No doubt from the violent rupturing of her vagina Or maybe watching her child's neck being snapped like a twig The aroma of death is merciless and I reek of it Vengeance is not a dish that's served cold But one left up to God Smoke burns for hours and we all stand here Unfazed because Satan has made us callous No more screams the trees have stopped moving We stare at 37 bodies whose death did not bring back our brothers Realizing that they bleed like we do. 64 years later, I stare at this wall memorial of history and the lives lost, but it's missing 37 names whose voices haunt me daily, whose faces cry me to sleep. They, too, were red. In peace. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, dear lovely souls, that was the Endurer. Um, just, holy damn. Like, if y'all have, if you think, if y'all think this is powerful, come see this man live. Come see this man live. He never ceases to just be an absolute source of inspiration, and it's always something incredible to hear and to witness, brother. So thank you, Endure, for not only coming on and giving us that piece, but giving us your message earlier. It was something absolutely incredible, and I don't know any better way to end it than that, my good sir. So thank you for coming on on our special Memorial Day. And in the words of our sister, Misconception, may she continue and forever to rest in peace. Peace and blessings. Peace. Peace, brother. Thank you all for joining us tonight on Voices Behind the Pins. Uh, My name is Matt Spezia. I've been joined here tonight by Miss Purple, Turquoise Burtz and Black Mist. This has been Voices Behind the Pins, and we appreciate every one of you joining us for our special hour-long broadcast on Memorial Day. And like I said earlier, in the words of our departed sister, peace and blessings. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.